The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And it seems absolutely amazing that we've now reached this last month of whatever is going to take place December the 21st or whatever is already taking place. And I've got a great lineup of guests to finish off this cycle uh, with Matt Kahn next week, uh, followed by Meg Blackburn and then George Cavasilis on the 19th, and I'll be doing my own show to finish off the year on uh, Boxing Day, December 26th. And this wonderful month gets kicked off today with Neil Kramer, who returns to the show after a superb uh, first radio show with me a few months ago. It's almost a year ago now, actually, Neil. And since then, you have uh, written a book, The Unfoldment. So welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me back. So tell us a bit about the book uh, that, that came about since we last spoke and is now out. Um, reason for and what's in it? Sure. Well, the unfoldment is uh, is my first traditional paper uh, book. <laughs> so although I've been writing for ten years, really, um, this is the one where I can okay, let's get those fundamental principles in one place. Let's uh, put out a book that people can, you know, take home and sit down with a cup of tea and read and whatnot. So about time, probably, really. Uh, and it's nice to get that out there. So the unfoldment is my term for a process of awakening. Um, some things we know very well, some paths of enlightenment and roads to nirvana or however you might have it. We, we understand and we've read about for all our lives. But there are definitely some modern elements to that process and that um, unfoldment that do not uh, get talked about very much. So I, I bring my own vision of that, of course, to spiritual truth, the knowledge, power, the divinity in everyday life. But perhaps above all, um, a sort of determination to witness and balance the powers of shadow and light because we need both of them and a lot of spiritual people tend to steer away from shadow thinking it's something evil or naughty or wrong or negative and I don't buy that I think it's something that we have to face so we need those primary forces of creation and destruction and frankly sometimes you have to demolish a thing before you can make way for a new thing so the unfoldment tackles all that and how it actually plays out in our real life so through that you gain a much higher degree of sovereignty 
and a much higher degree of free will, which are things we all have, but we don't understand quite what they are or what we do with them or what they mean. Um, I talk about that and I bring that out. And as you start to exercise some of the philosophies and ideas that I put forward in the book, you become a better person just by becoming clearer and truer and happier. You know what I mean? It's not difficult. So it's, it's kind of like a rallying cry, really, to say, come on, folks, this is kind of like the only game in town, quite frankly. And um, it's all right. It's not as scary and weird as some people think. We don't need anyone to tell us how to do it. We don't need any outside authorities on this. It's not a secret. Uh, it's here right in front of us. So let's grasp it and run with it. So what, why don't people? What, what, what's the barrier to people jumping on board and saying, yeah, let's, let's, let's get unfolded here? Let's get unfolded. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the barrier to that is that there's, a, there's an inner suspicion by a lot of people that someone else knows how to do it, but they don't. And that's why we end up with um, authorities and hierarchies of you know, ascended masters and secret teachers and gurus and whatnot. Um, that's why you end up with that because a lot of people want to be told how to uh, be enlightened or how to be empowered. They don't want to go down that road for themselves. So instead of traveling from point A to point B, which takes a lifetime, they want to teleport from point A to point B. And they want to achieve that through someone sitting them down in a room and saying, right, let me tell you the way it is. So that's a problem. And so um, I try to deconstruct that and say, just as many people have done throughout the centuries, really, but perhaps the greatest exponent of no authority was Krishnamurti. And I, I just take forward what he's doing and say, yeah, the guy was right. If you bow down, if you put your knee on the floor to anybody or anything, you're doing it wrong. And if you think that having a, a regimented routine of having this practice or that practice is somehow separate from real life, you're doing it wrong. Because the spiritual flame should be as present in the bathroom and the grocery store as it is in the temple and as it is in the depths of the forest. It's everywhere. And it should be thought of in such a manner. I guess in our modern world, we've actually been pretty well trained to watch other people doing things rather than doing it ourselves. Well, that's right. And all the proliferation of reality TV shows and stuff, and not just the gross things like American Idol and whatnot, but also, you know, things about spiritual people and Amish people and wildlife shows and nature programs you think oh that's nice you know that's okay it, it, it is but only in very very limited amounts if that starts to become a surrogate for your own experiences then you've got a problem so you can read as many books and forums and shows and tvs and dvd things as you like but at some point you need to put all that down put it back on the shelf turn the computer off take all your technology and iPods and phones and just put them in the drawer and just walk out and go into the unfoldment of the universe and realize that it's doing it, the universe is doing it, and it wants you to do it as well. And that's part of the magic that comes with this, is that when you start that process, then you calibrate yourself 
and you align yourself with the universe's own unfoldment. So you're both evolving um, in a certain sort of synchronized manner, shall we say. And when that happens, the universe can lend you all its power. You're no longer the separate little entity that you once quite were. Something is different. There's a different kind of energy being exchanged. And it, and it brings a great degree of power to your manifestations and synchronicities, to your, to the level where coincidence really ceases to have any meaning anymore. And you realize that the whole thing is just so hyper coherent that it's impossible to do anything that doesn't have meaning. And that's a beautiful state to be in. So it sounds almost like uh, consciousness recognizing consciousness from individual to universal. Well, it's, it's, it's a, a state of getting outside of yourself and it's a state of putting down the responsibility and the illusion of being Peter Tong or being Neil Kramer. And you just put that down for a minute. It's a role that we like and we're fond of and we've got used to that narrative, but it isn't us. And when you put that down and relax uh, the necessity to maintain that pattern of being oneself, then the universe can sort of see you and it can say, hey, how are you doing? And it can see what we might call the soul or the sort of spiritual core, the thing that really goes on the epic journey, not just the momentary role that we play in this theater, but the actual actor behind it, the real soul behind it. And the irony is to move away from the um, restrictions of self, you have to attain this selfhood, i.e. before you can drop being a self, you have to become a complete self as as one um, psychologist put it a while back, um, you have to self-actualize. You have to fulfill all levels of your being. You have to express yourself truly and transparently and completely before you can then say, right, I have now experienced being Peter to the fullest, and now I can put that down. Whereas if we leave any stones unturned or we don't address shadow Peter, as much as we're happy to address light Peter, do we address shadow Peter? When that gets a voice, when that gets expressed and balanced and integrated and neutralized and understood, then we at attain selfhood. So really the, the unfoldment is an attempt to say, here's a happy book with a, a welcoming cover that isn't scary and it's not like black and red and gold and looks like some occult sorcery. And when you get into it, however, you'll realize that it takes you down a deep path because it's introducing you to the idea that shadow is as important as light is to our life because without shadow, there's no destruction and there's no admittance and there's no allowance and there's no surrender. So it's really important to understand what that is. And that, ironically, our disavowal of that shadow, as indeed I talked about last time we discuss this on your show the disavowal of that shadow the disownment of it is why we're in the mess we're in in the world today so if we just take that back things get better very very swiftly so in some ways then the unfoldment the book is a, pro a personal process that we all need to go through that connects into the collective it's my shot at saying listen guys this is what i do and this is how I feel, and this is what I think, uh, you might find some of it useful. Uh, I think you will, uh, but that's for you to decide. Uh, again, 
many spiritual teachers say that these days. I have a funny feeling a lot of them don't really mean it. Uh, some do, and I do. And I say, when you write a book or you do an interview or you go on TV or whatever, you're telling a story. You're telling a story and you're sharing your story. That's all you can ever do. Nobody's in a, a position to pronounce over other people and prescribe a way of doing things over other people. So that's why we have this um, verbal oratory. That's why we have this delivery of stories and narratives to say, here's a cosmology. And if you can feel some truth in this, maybe it's because there is some truth in it. And when you've got that, put the book down and go and connect with that yourself and tell your own story. So what sort of response have you had to the book? Well, happy to say overwhelmingly positive. So um, I intentionally wrote it to appeal to anyone who's got half a brain cell who, <laughs> who can string a few words together and sit down and focus for, you know, long enough to read a book. If you can do that, this book has some juicy things in it and some interesting things in it. Because once again, in this alternative realm that we uh, communicate in people like you and I, we get used to just talking to ourselves, don't we? You know, our other kindred spirits. We do. And you can be forgiven for starting to ignore the mainstream and thinking, well, they don't know anything, these lost fools in the mainstream, why bother? Um, with the unfoldment, I thought, right, this is it. This is my shot at saying, okay, this is really for everybody. And it's as much as, you know, my uh, auntie and uncle and the, the lady in the uh, laundromat down the street as it is for you and it is, as it is for my spiritual buddies, you know. It's for anybody. And so the experiment when you do that is, can you write it absolutely authentically without patronizing anyone, without lowering your sights without lowering your quality bar can you write it so it's absolutely the same message for every level of consciousness so that's what i've attempted to do with this and the next book will be straight in for the initiated but this one um is for anybody and of course for the people who are on the path and who have been doing spiritual work for a while i want to give them something as well so the book has many layers to it, and I will pretty much guarantee that no matter who you are and what you're doing, you're going to learn something new when you read this. Neil, I have no doubt about that, because you have such an eloquent way of putting things uh, both in the spoken word and the written word, so I, there's no doubt about that. We're coming up to our first break. It's Peter Tung with Neil Kramer for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. 
and Gaim TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaim TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaimtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having me today, Neil Kramer, whose book, The Unfoldment, came out earlier this year and having great success. So, Neil, just uh, let us know how people can connect with you and with the book if they want to buy it. Well, if you go to neilkramer.com, you can uh, see uh, a link on the right-hand side, a picture of the cover, and you can click on that and read a little bit about it, what it is and what it covers and what kind of uh, tone you might expect from it. And then from there, really, it's available, as they say, in all good bookstores and all the (laughs) online retailers and all the big uh, bricks and mortar stores as well I'm happy to say so yeah you should be able to go out there uh, and get it and um, I think you know as as one author could possibly say about his own work I think it's a good book I'm very pleased with it I think uh, you'll enjoy it people who have written to me from first time as just putting their toes on the path of uh, spirituality for the first time and old timers who are, have long grey beards and carry old staffs and who've been doing this for longer than I have have both enjoyed it and said that is good. You mean so, people like me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're quite that old Peter. And, and also on the website there's a whole bunch of uh, articles and radio shows you've been involved in so it's a site that's worth visiting just for its own sake. There's, there's a lot of stuff on there there's a lot of interviews, there's a lot of discussion there's a lot of essays there's some videos and clips and all kinds of stuff. So if you enjoy the kind of thing that I talk about, if you like the way I do things, then you'll find more of it at neilkramer.com naturally. Fantastic. Thank you. So in the first segment there, you were talking about how important it is that, that this spirituality doesn't get stuck in an ivory tower and has to be part mm-hmm. of mainstream life. So, so talk about what's happening in the world today a bit and how you see that fitting in. Yeah, that's that's a really important point because, um, like I say, I, I when I move around <clears throat> doing the work that I do, which is really what I would consider philosophy, a sort of living philosophy, where you think about what's going on in a deeper way than normal, and you discuss that, try and make sense of it, you share that, you listen, you speak, you write, you read, you do these things, and you meet a lot of people, uh, not just in conferences and workshops and stuff, but just your social circle becomes very conscious, which is wonderful. However, you also meet other communities who tend to separate out their 
secret spiritual hobby from real life. And they live this dualistic thing with one foot in each world. And you can't go on doing that. It's not a very wise thing to do. Um, it's not okay to separate the two out. It's easier to do it, true. It's easier to keep your metaphysical ruminations detached from politics and war and society and culture. But that is untrue and is ultimately uh, a dishonorable way of being. Um, so our philosophical life, our spiritual revelations, our path is absolutely part of what goes on in the world. It's not okay to ignore that. It's not okay to pretend that it's somehow going to just wash away the weird things of the world. So when we talk about what's going on in the world at this moment, we think about Israel, Palestine, Gaza, Egypt, Syria, Iran, and Afghanistan. We can just be forgiven again for just turning off and thinking, oh, goodness me, this is just crazy, you know. But it, it tells us something. It tells us something about what human beings are doing and how they're conducting themselves. Um, and some of that imagery is real. What's unusual is the agenda. Uh, it's not just the, the dire state of the news reporting itself, which is very, very low here in America, just as bad as Britain in a way, but low. It's not just the reporting itself. It's the choice of what constitutes news. What are the important topics? Who's deciding? what the important topics are. So, for example, all this hoo-ha about Israel and Palestine, which we're not allowed to talk about because you can't criticize one side or the other very much or you get accused of all sorts of things. But that is dwarfed, absolutely eclipsed by a major war that is occurring in the Democratic Republic of Congo at the moment between the incumbent sort of powers and what the media describe as a rebel group called M23. And... It, it dwarfs anything you've seen with 9-11 or Israel or Rwanda or Bosnia. Remember all that in the news, Rwanda and Bosnia, Pete? In the, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. In the news, it was huge and, you know, lots and yeah. lots of people dying. Yet, this thing in the Congo is not reported on. Little snippets here and there, but not really. It's not got mainstream coverage. Why? Because no Western interests are affected. And yet, and get this number, over 5 million Congolese people have been killed in this war. 5 million but that doesn't fit the media message. They'd rather talk about uh, Syria and Egypt. They'd rather talk about paedophilia and bloody Jimmy Savile and the witch hunts that follow that, which have an interest and have some sort of conspiratorial relevance if you want to keep exploring that. And it does appear that this, this, uh, this guy Savile was procuring sex for government and royalty, and that's the stink. It's not that he was such a weirdo or whatever. It's that he was doing things for other people, which, which is odd. And so all this funny stuff, to a large extent, is our disavowal of our spiritual development as a people. That's what's gotten us into this mess. And so sometimes we need to do a hard thing. We need to address topics like that that are tricky, uh, politically incorrect, and even some might say heretical, to talk about what is it that's going on in Israel? Why are Israel there? Why are the Jewish people in this little sliver of land in an Arab region? Um, why is that happening? Why do people uh, procure sex? Is it Satanism? Is it personal sexual needs? What, why paedophilia? It's as relevant to ask that from a spiritual, philosophical aspect as it is to explore 
levitation or telepathy or the cosmology of what's coming in the future. It's relevant to ask what's here right now in front of us, and we need to address those things. And it's a powerful and important thing to observe and proclaim how things are, not how we'd like them to be or how the media paints them, but actually how they are, the world as it is. And you might say that there's no better platform for this than the recent presidential elections in the U.S., which I think, you know, obviously, as a, a British lad coming here and not having seen millions of these up close and personal, I paid a little bit more attention to this year. And I would say that, first and foremost, what an extraordinary amount of bias there is in the media towards Obama, pro-Obama bias from CNN, MSNBC, NPR, BBC in particular. Astonishing bias. That has been shocking. And if ever people wonder about that, oh my goodness me, it's that was unbelievable to see a biased media at work right there in front of your eyes, naked, shameful bias. And it is strange, I don't know what you think about this, Pete, to see the sort of enormous ignorance of all the people who believe in Obama, because for me, it's echoes of Tony Blair, really, where you got sick of this ridiculous Republican conservative agenda, the Bush era. And we had a, a similar thing with all Tory sleaze. Do you remember that, Pete? I do, yeah. yeah endless, endless stupidity and old boys' school, just awfulness. And Tony Blair looked like a breath of fresh air. And we've seen the rise and fall of what looks like progressive, democratic, liberal politics before in Britain. And I cannot help but think that not far beneath the surface, actually, there's a very focused agenda to implement socialism into the minds of Americans through Obama. And it is slowly but surely removing the long-held healthy paradigm of self-reliance. And it is increasing big government and extending the reach of the authorities, the authorities into people's lives. And it's transparently doing away with an, an economy, a whole economy, with, with, you know, really sort of flagrant disregard for future generations. So when I see that happening, not what people say they're going to do, but what they're actually doing, and then I see this eloquent, urbane, sophisticated man stand up and say the opposite, you know, wonderful things he says, I just think, hang on a second, this, this, there's a massive disconnect here. And in a way, it's almost like a rerun of the sort of sickening re-election of George W. Bush for his second term. This is the same thing. In fact, I think it's worse and it is a tragedy for personal freedom and self-determination and privacy and liberty. Um, Obama seems to be breeding a sense of dependency and of a mindset of enslavement and addiction to handouts and continues to push this mirage of um, healthcare at the expense of everything else, really. And again, if we think of Britain, our parallel to that, our famous British National Health Service, right?, and that is falling apart now because people have been routinely abusing it for the last few decades. So it can no longer support the British people who need it because it's overextended itself. So economic migrants from all over the globe have swamped it. And that's just a neutral statement. And that's starting to happen in the US as well, even before affordable health care has even got any sort of real foothold. So... 
I think that this man, Barack Hussein Obama, will go down as one of the worst things that's happened to America. He's aggressively removing the whole principle of a republic and of something that was aiming to be better than the elitist European nightmare of the 18th century. And um, he's, he's doing something very odd. And it's not the man. It's not that there's an evil genius trying to take down America. He has his own idea that he's doing something good. But he was chosen because of his miscalculated desire to introduce socialist philosophy into what is essentially a country that is the opposite of that. So when you talk about all these huge, huge topics, and you talk about the Congo situation, the situation in Israel-Palestine, the elections and so on, how can we as individuals, where it seems to be an overwhelming uh, issue to deal with, how do we as individuals address this collective shadow that we're, that we're part of, for sure? Well, you have to do two things. One is you have to start speaking the truth, and the truth right now is kind of like ugly, quite frankly. So if you need to talk about uh, race and ethnicity, and if you need to talk about history, and you need to talk about uh, intelligence, and those things that you say become divisive, and in fact, I couldn't even speak about some of the things publicly because it's criminal that's where we're at. So some of the true things that we need to say to discuss the solutions to some of the difficult um, political situations we find ourselves in, we're not allowed to have those discussions publicly at the moment, which is sounds crazy to some people because, you know, that's the First Amendment, right? But um, that's the way it is. So we have to do something pretty radical, which is start speaking truthfully, not in any way, ever listening to ideas of political correctness, we have to speak truthfully about what we see and to speak truthfully about what we think the solutions are, who the problem is and why that problem is like it is. So to get to the root of something, you have to completely speak truthfully, which if you look at it closely, not a lot of people are prepared to do that because it involves risk. And you said, and the second thing we have to do? Well, you could say once you start to speak the truth, then you have to start embodying it in your own life. So you can't just say it uh, at this nice ideal. You have to actually do it. You have to live it, which means that you have to practice that in your own life. And that, the irony of it is the more you practice truth in your own life, in your own domestic affairs, in your own social affairs, in your own philosophy, the deeper you can see into the rest of the world. So the truer you act as a man or a woman, the truer you can see the resolution of any situation or the true appearance and the true root of any situation. So if you are true in yourself, you're going to see the truth of what's happening in Israel and Palestine and Gaza and whatnot easier than if you look at the seemingly unsolvable problem that CNN and BBC present. So Neil, we're coming up to our second race, so we'll take that now. Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'd like to thank my sponsors for this 13-week series of shows, GuyamTV.com, an uh, internet uh, video library devoted to supporting your awakening journey with some wonderful original interviews with some great visionaries. Uh, there is a banner on the host page for a 10-day free trial with GuyamTV, G-A-I-A-M-T-V.com. I have with me today Neil Kramer, and in the second section, Neil, you took us down into the shadow side there a little bit, and so let's talk a little bit about, let's come back on the, on the American situation yeah. and how that is potentially redeemable. Well, yeah, and it's funny that, um, you know, I assume people are going to listen to the seventh wave and going into conscious co-creation to get a bit of juice and to feel light and to feel uplifted and to be taken away from things for a minute and they say, oh no, here's this guy, here's this British guy who takes them right back into the darkness again. If somebody feels like that, examine why it is you feel like that. Ask yourself the question, why is it funny to talk about politics and the military and war? Why is that somehow different to talking about nice things and why do you feel the way you do? What does that dissonance arise from? So, I would just suggest that people do that. Um, and I would also say that there is something different about America uh, that is not possible to see when you don't live here. So I've observed America like most British people for most of my life, and the media and the culture infuses itself into Britain and Europe, uh, as it does indeed everywhere else in the world. But having lived here now for a few years, um, you learn some things about it. And one of the things I've learned is that this constitution that the Americans have is something valuable and something worthwhile. It's not perfect. It's kind of distorted a little bit. Uh, there were some funny ideas about it even when it was first laid down. And yet it's better than nothing. And it serves a purpose. And I wish, 
I wish you, I wish Britain had one. I wish England had one. Um, so it's, it's, I feel a strange personal, um, twinge, shall we say, when I see that getting, um, eroded. So that First Amendment that they have, the freedom of speech, the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government when things go wrong and whatnot, that, that's getting, uh, challenged now. There's an increase in punishing people for unlawful assembly. And you can't talk about some things openly because it's hate speech or it's incitement to racial hatred or it's anti-Semitism or all sorts of nonsense that stop people discussing what's actually happening in the world. The Second Amendment, well-regulated militia and the right of the people to bear arms, more and more wholly unconstitutional restrictions are being put into place on that. And slowly they're trying to do what they did in Europe, which is really prohibit private ownership of firearms through tightening limitations on possession and outrageous biased reporting of shooting incidents. And all I've got to say about that is what the fierce, wonderful individualist William Burroughs once said, which was this, after a shooting spree, they always want to take the guns away from the people who didn't do it. And he said, I sure as hell wouldn't want to live in a society where the only people allowed guns are the police and the military. And I tend to agree with that. So when you see those amendments and the Fourth Amendment, the right to have your own private property and information, that's also disappearing now with, um, you know, all kinds of problems with uh, emails and digital interception and agreements with Facebook and Google about what your data is and who owns it, the TSA, cyber intelligence outfits, the NSA and whatnot. All very odd that. So you're saying, here's this uh, illusion of someone who cares about us called the president, and here's this illusion of him representing uh, a sane, liberal way of thinking, a progressive way of thinking, and it's not true. It's not actually true, and I think it's really, really important to say that. And if we don't acknowledge that shadow, then we uh, leech out our own uh, spiritual strength into that situation. So if you live in an illusion, no matter how wonderful it is or how awful it is, it takes energy to do that. I call that energy, uh, those energy units, light units, which I talked about at a recent workshop I gave. And the number of light units you have, i.e. The, num the amount of spiritual juice you have, the amount of psychic power you have, the amount of philosophical fortitude you have, depends on illusions to some extent. So if you maintain an illusion that you're the handsomest man in the whole of Canada, for example, or if you maintain an illusion that you're, you can fly and jump off the top of a building, that won't last long, but all those illusions take energy and maintaining a false pattern takes energy so if you maintain a false pattern about who the president is and what the government's doing it takes energy and when you're on a path of unfoldment you can't afford to squander that energy you need all of it so to a large degree part of the unfoldment is saying right let's talk about what what kind of um, leaks energy out of the system and let's not do that anymore and part of that is to admit that the state of the world is our fault. It's no one else's fault. It's not the elite's fault. It's not the archon's fault. It's not anybody's fault but our own. There's no new world order that's doing anything to us. I absolutely promise you of that. The new world order is people we have asked to come and kick us in the teeth because 
we are lazy and we are disowning our journey. When you start to cease that laziness, not that you can't have days of lethargy and idleness, which are wonderful, but I mean a sort of philosophical laziness where you choose not to think about the world and you choose not to develop insight. And essentially, the most important vital thing, you choose not to grow. If you do that, then you hand over your right to do what you want and live how you please. You forfeit that right. So there is a, a kind of guidance system in the universe that says, as long as you're growing and as long as you are sincerely committed to your growth, then shadow will recede from your life. Destruction will not be necessary in your life. Most of it will be, as you might say, light-orientated, and most of it will have a gravitation of creation. But that depends on growth, and you can't get that growth from a religion or a political system or an illusion. You have to do it for yourself. And um, in the unfoldment, I talk about why that's okay and why it can be fun and why it can be excellent and why it actually makes everything better in a very human way. But it starts with a stark realization that all the light, happy, bouncy, fairy-chasing folk um, need to do something very difficult. And all the conspiracy, dark people also need to do something very difficult, which is a achieve this sense of integration and balance. To say, dwelling in the darkness and the shadow and the conspiracy is stupid, outright stupid. It's just an indulgence. And it's like messing with a tooth that's about to fall out and you just can't stop touching it even though it's not doing you any good. It's not a good idea. It's like drinking yourself to death. It's an indulgence. It's not a good idea. There's a choice in this. And the earlier you make that choice, the better it is to give you wider scope for development. So I have no patience with people who are pure light workers. I don't believe in that. I think that's false. And I have no patience with people who are radical, destructive, conspiracy warriors. I think that's false. I think what you have to do is understand that before you can collapse that polarity, before you can move on from the sort of uncertainty and rigors of um, being pulled into darkness or being thrust into the light, each of which you may not be ready for, you have to be able to map it consciously and with balance and with a, a sense of centeredness. And you can't stand at the center of your power in your, uh, in your position of equilibrium and balance, you can't stand there if you are being propelled into the light or being propelled into the darkness. Both of them are wrong. They're both illusory states to teach us something about how consciousness works. And if you pin your colors to one or the other, you make a mistake. And that is why it's so important to look at shadow because it's the thing that plays the bad guy but it isn't really the bad guy as I say in the book there are no bad guys just disturbed guys and that disturbance emanates from we ourselves so the more you work on your own radiance and your own truth the more that when you go out and talk to people it starts to change the world so when you speak to somebody truthfully about what's happening in the world, truthfully about what's happening in your community, truthfully about what's happening in your marriage, truthfully about what's happening in the kitchen, wherever from the little things, the big things and everything in between, you start to change things and people think, you know what, it's, it's not true what this looks like from 
the newspapers. It's something different. And when people stop believe, believing in untruths and stop buying untruths and purchasing untruths, the world starts to shift. And it's not some funny, nebulous idea. This It physically, physically starts to shift. And it's completely built on consciousness. That is, that is the very foundation of this place. That's what holds it together. So if you need to go deep to change the structure, you can't work back from the nightmare of Cameron and Obama. But if you want to go deep into the structure, you do it what they can't do, which is you go in with honorable, true, deep, insightful consciousness and with absolute, total, bulletproof integrity. And you go into that and say, I want to know. I want to do things better. I want to be more human. And I, all ideas of happiness and peace are automatic principles, morals, ethics, all those things. We don't even need to worry about that. that that's what human beings are. We're good guys. We are good guys from the ground up. What we need to do is smash these illusions. And that starts with consciousness. It would be easy to blow buildings up and detonate things and be terrorists. I would love that. That would be easy. What's harder is to smash the illusions in the mind. That's hard work. That's much more difficult, much more radical to achieve. And that's what we've got to do. Well, thanks, Neil. <laughs> good to hear you on your pedestal today. That's great. We're coming up to our final break. It's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. 
is to remind you to go to my website, www.petertongue.com. My December newsletter will be out in the next few days, reflecting upon what has taken place recently and my own view of what is coming up in the next month or so. Uh, and also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program. And we have a class tomorrow evening at 5.30 when I'll be talking about the energetics and the astrology and the alignments that are taking place right now. And on that note, Neil, let's chat a bit about 2012 and, and, and what that means to you in, in the, the way in which you're describing this unfoldment. Uh, where does it all fit in? Well, 2012, uh, here we are. It's nearly <laughs> over, isn't it? It in, is. Uh, just a couple of months, it'll all be history, one way or the other. So, yeah, well, we're right in the middle of it. Now, in 2012, we have a very fascinating situation before us. The polarization of light and shadow, of consciousness, has reached what I think anybody would fairly say as optimal levels, right? So the cool people are getting really cool, and the stupid people are getting really stupid, okay? And those who have chosen not to grow uh, are utterly bereft of spirit, uh, whereas those who have chosen growth are breathing more and more of this spirit into the daily lives, which is fantastic, which is just so heartening, I can barely stand it. Uh, the numbers are heavily tipped towards spiritual emptiness, we have to admit that, as indeed our mystical records indicate they've been for m millennia, certainly since way before authorised history. But it is very instructive with 2012 to witness how so many prophets and channelers and new ages are secretly pooing their pants, right? <laughs> and I have to confess that, as, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm as sick of the light workers as I am of the shadow workers, the shadow trackers, we might say. Uh, one group of people waits for this stupendous magical upgrade, and the other for some sort of severe downgrade. And this heavily polarized mentation... Uh, is all over the airwaves and internet forums and stuff. And though I, I get the impression that everyone is slowly coming to the conclusion that it's kind of all a load of bollocks, really. And that isn't to say that there isn't some functional data in there, but that's not the point. It is how the forecasters and prophets share their ideas. And as I mentioned in an essay from, from last year, it's very disrespectful and ignorant to sort of nonchalantly dish out saviour or doom ideas or memes because ultimately they derive from an intensely personalized reality tunnel very very personalized reality tunnel in other words the visions that a lot of people have the visions that they reveal are from somebody's own private customized dream and they do not equate to a universally applicable sort of consensus revelation in fact they seldom have any significance at all so what is being often offered up as enigmatic foresight is really just egoic bleed-through and psychological dysfunction, to put it politely. And if true mystical colleges were still operating today, this sort of behavior would see those kind of perpetrators smacked over the head with a big stick repeatedly until they put a sock in it. So in my line of work, I'm sick of hearing what I call the Kmart prophets, right? They're always stirring up drama and propagating their special transmissions and whatever. And they thrive on attention. And I think it's very sad to see people following that, uh, people becoming very gullible. And it's not, it's not very good. And it, 
what we're really witnessing is that is the I'm special virus, which, um, you know, kind of is endemic, really. And to be fair, even a lot of the people talking this nonsense are very genuinely nice people. They can be uh, men and women in equal number, really, as well. And they believe that what they're doing is helping. Um, and it's rare to encounter outright charlatans these days, because, as, as you know, the, the audience that we speak to is very sharp, and they can sniff out hokum very, very fast. So you've got to be good to do this. You've got to speak well and speak deeply and know what you're talking about. So the real old-school charlatans have lost it. What I see in 2012, personally, is an absolute apex on the line of transformation. And nearly everybody I know in their lives, whether they're kind of normal people or whether they are conscious, alive, growing people, uh, they're all going through something. They're all going through something that's permanently changing the way they are and what's happening. They're all going through a situation where they're choosing a different life and people are leaving their husbands and wives. They're leaving their jobs. They're leaving their um, homelands. They're changing their philosophies. They're dropping their politics. They're doing radical, radical things. And so I think it's fascinating and it's really important that that happens. And I say that ascendance as part of this is really remembering. And you can't remember that as uh, somebody engaged with culture and society up to, up to your neck. So you do have to occasionally wander into the forest or you do have to retreat into your study. Not permanently because that separates us out, but you do have to give yourself a moment of repose you do have to create some sort of inner sanctuary. And when you're good at it, you don't need it as a physical space. You can do it mentally. When you do this, you bring this recollection that psychically, um, regularly, frequently, the Earth does go through this upgrade procedure. And I would say that one of the things that constitutes and will characterize the upgrade is that more and more sharing of knowledge and experience is um, becoming... A pleasurable and important thing for people to do to the point where the synchronicities of that are becoming so commonplace that I see this extraordinary growing intuitive faculty in people reaching really high levels and I would say I wouldn't be entirely flabbergasted to see that as an emergence of mass telepathy on the planet and if that was the characterization of 2012 imagine how would that would transform the planet you wouldn't have any physical change whatsoever, but everybody would know everyone else's stuff. So anyone who was concealing things or speaking deceitfully, you would know it instantly. Imagine the effect of mass telepathy as it grows, not in a light switch moment, but it curves upwards as it is doing now, I believe. All the old systems would fail. All the bullshitters would fail. All the wonderful people would rise up. All the true relationships would be celebrated. All the fake relationships would dissolve. So it would fundamentally uh, transform the whole paradigm of the human experience with no physical change whatsoever, just a mental faculty that opens a little bit. That, to me, seems to be happening right now. So you've had some experiences of that, Neil? I see it in my own life. I see it with my friends and family. I see it with my relationships with people. Yes, definitely. I also see it, though, in the most surprising places, the most unexpected places. 
and more and more people are whispering to me, as it, as you might say, that synchronicity and this knowingness of what other people are thinking and doing and feeling the ripple of somebody's shock or pain or joy or wonderment, feeling the ripples of that is now no longer um, just, you know, separated off the special psychic people. Everyone's doing it. And the only people who can't do it are the people who are enmeshed into the social structure, into the construct of fake reality. Anyone who's slightly out of that, even if you're just a musician or a painter or an artist or a, a hiker or a surfer, someone who's just a little bit outside the system, uh, they're feeling it. So anybody who can create that space, that mental space, is starting to see a pickup in synchronicity. And that synchronicity is actually the understanding that there is only mind. There are no minds, plural. There is mind. And when we start to tap into that, guess what? Telepathy comes free of charge as an added bonus part of that. Well, Neil, we're actually, we're actually at the end of our time, and that's a great place to finish. And it's going to be absolutely fascinating how this does, in fact, uh, open up and this uh, shifting consciousness taking place. Thank you so much for being you and for being so brave and honorable. I really appreciate your honesty and, uh, and, and, and forthright speech. You're welcome, and it's a pleasure to be on your show, and thanks for inviting me again. Thanks so much, Neil. So my guest next week is Matt Kahn, and he will be talking again from a different perspective, but, but connections, obviously, uh, in terms of his awareness, his consciousness, his beautiful gentleness, and I'm really looking forward to the show with him next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.